The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash beyond to start your free premium 30-day trial today. Play some games. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. everyone, welcome to Beyond, episode 488. Uh, today we're going to talk about a couple things included. Uncharted, the Lost Legacy's uh, release date and price. Uh, we're going to go a little bit into what it was like to play about 90 Minutes of Prey. And then a little game called Battlefront 2 had a trailer leak uh, before its celebration debut. All of that and more this week. My name is Marty Sleeve. I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hi! Whoa! I'm joined by Andrew Dugard. Uh, Andrew Gumbelfarm? Yeah, Andrew uh, Dugard. Uh, sorry if this episode begins with me saying ooh kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach Ryan. This week your name is Marty Sleeve? Yeah. Or most weeks? No, it changes every once in a while. That's yeah. fair. I mean, your, your age does. Like so that, that would be fair. Yeah. Well, my age did. What happened to that sheet? You just yeah, we don't need it. That was for our producer, but he didn't want it. All right. So. That's fine. Well, well you know what else? Ground. You know what that this means? paper pink? The paper yes. is lost. Why? You pick a new color of paper. Everybody. I don't pick the paper. I hit You guys, he was just setting himself up to do like, just a home run of a segue yeah, there. Yeah. And you, yeah. The paper is lost. Ooh, it's like the lost <laughs> legacy of Uncharted. You're the one who says we have to get out of here early, and now you're just like, well, just go. No one's going anywhere until we do the damn show. So sit down. Down to talk about the PlayStation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Uncharted: the, the Lost Legacy, which is obviously the uh, <clears> sort <throat> of standalone ten-ish uh, hour non-DLC. I don't want to call it DLC. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's being released on August twenty-second, and it's forty dollars. Uh, it is free if you bought either the deluxe edition or um, the triple pack or any of the sort of downloadable packs so far. Um, but what do you guys think about this date and this price? The date is. <laughs> Awesome. I keep cursing. You did so two sorry. swears. I'm just, I already did it twice. Also, why is the date awesome? Because it's soon. It's incredibly oh, soon. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, that, the day does have no personal relevance to me. August 22nd. Uh, my first high school kiss. Um, I, when I kissed the high school. Uh, no, but the, I think the, the date being right around the corner is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pricing is awesome. The amount of hours it is is perfect because I feel like Uncharted 4, we talked about it in the show, uh, felt a little long in the tooth. You know, it just went on for... About six hours longer than I think it needed to. Yeah. So like a, a seven to ten hour game is is fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm very excited for this. Uh, the pricing is I think great for something of of their quality. I think Naughty Dog is the kind of company that can get away with doing this. Um, a month ago I bought Bomberman for the Nintendo Switch for forty nine ninety nine. 
so how was the st- was the story really emotional in that? Yeah, I cried. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't understand anyone upset over this price. I genuinely don't because you're getting a 10-hour Naughty Dog game. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, honestly, if you spent 60 bucks on the Order 1886, like, be mad about that. Well, don't be mad about so, that. I think at PSX, we had this sort of preconceived notion that yeah. this is what something that we would con- traditionally consider DLC, yeah. right? So yeah. we're thinking, like, oh, maybe two to three extra hours. So when Naughty Dog came out last week, earlier this week, and said yeah. that it was going to be a full 10-hour game, I mean, yeah. Which is Uncharted 2 is 10 yeah, hours. Yeah, I was about to like, say. Yeah, that's, holding a that's, Basically, a full-on Uncharted sequel for forty dollars mm-hmm. that's coming in August. Yeah, like I love that's that. amazing. I think where the confusion comes is the precedent with Naughty Dog story DLC, specifically with the Last of Us Left Behind. Yeah, right. Sure. Which is what it launched at what twenty dollars, and no, I mean, it was two hours, three hours long. It's even. I feel like it was longer. I think it was longer. I feel like it was like. I think it was like four or five. Yeah. yeah really? I, I think the weird thing with this is like. So they announced this price, but then everybody realized if you went to Best Buy, you could actually still buy the season pass that included this for yeah. like thirty, yeah, or like twenty five or something. Yeah. So like you could still like you can still find kind of deals on it, which is cool. I don't know. I think in the same way that when people got mad at the witness being forty bucks, I didn't understand it. No. Like it is. I, I think you're totally right about that. Like DLC isn't a term we should ever use that anymore. That term needs it to go away. I mean, sense. you talked about how you've downloaded all of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, like, I don't you've know. you bought all the Star Wars movies digitally. DLC means downloadable content. Which Correct. is everything what in 2017. Is, what yeah. is content? Yeah. A right. book, you know, like the the greatest books of all time, every Radiohead album, uh, like an entire season of a TV show. Yeah. Before I get on a plane, do you know how much DLC yeah. I download? Yeah. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, I, don't yeah. like when you're emphasizing I mean, a lot of like people that. download are downloading Switch games, so Zelda yeah. is DLC. I've yeah. gone all digital on Switch, yeah. so yeah, everything has been DLC, and mm-hmm. that's like Zelda is a game I've played a I mean, hundred times. Everything on my Vita is DLC. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, um, I think it's like that weird... It, the connotation of, uh, especially when something's in a season pass, like, I think people think of it as like, oh, it's going to be... It's almost setting themselves up to be like pre disappointed because like they're like, oh, it's just going to be a three hour thing. It's going to add minor story content, sure. blah, blah. Like, this is a whole separate environment. They said it's like the biggest area ever yeah. in an Uncharted game. It has two completely distinct protagonists in it. Like, it is it's entirely a new game. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's just so crazy to me to see people balk at a $40 price tag. It's coming out about 15 months after Uncharted 4 came out, yep. which is less time than every Call of Duty comes out. Call of yeah. Duty comes out once a year, and it's 60 bucks, and it comes out 12 months apart. Yep. And no one calls it DLC. No. Yeah. And it probably is a shorter campaign. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And that's, DLC I, is such a dumb term. We used well, to need to, like, DLC is going to have that connotation forever with horse armor. Which right. That's so that, I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. There's this notion that like DLC and season passes and all that other stuff is inherently negative because it's uh, publishers and developers withholding content from the user who is justifiably uh, you know entitled to it after paying full price for a game yep. Yep. and um, in many ways that's correct like I mean there are DLC unlocks that unlock things that are already on the disc which hypothetically you've purchased already when you mm-hmm. bought the bought the thing but I feel like it's not always are, like that I really feel like those days are gone I, I do feel too. like with the rise of like free to play and stuff like that like microtransactions all those things like have a, a bad rep and I get it but I just I don't think that applies to things like this anymore and it's especially weird because like if you look back at like Minerva's Den yeah. that's better than Bioshock 2 and yeah. that's yeah that's DLC but honestly it's a standalone experience that I would recommend over playing the the full yep. you know I, 20 hours I just think too. I think I think like we're all we're all digging into it here but I think we need to like kind of throw out the dictionary when it comes to a lot of the terminology that we've been using constantly in mm-hmm. the games industry yeah. like something like somebody tweeted at me yesterday I, I tweeted out a bunch of like switch games that are like indie games on switch that are really cool and this guy was like oh, I'm good I'm done playing indie games for a while and I was so like well, what mean? does that mean yeah yeah that's yeah. not like, a genre of games that's just a 
the a type. Yeah, like hey, so you go ahead and quit playing indie games and I'll sit over here with the witness and spend yeah, 50 yeah, of my exactly. favorite yeah, hours yeah. of gaming. Like yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah, and like, like you said the witness, you know, $40 for that game and you yeah. guys spent what how many hours playing it, yeah, you know? Over the year. It was like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's gone home I, like I th- I think about that house every day. It's $20, you know. That like, was the first house you kissed. Yeah, it's the first house I kissed. It was like what two and a half hours. Crazy. Three hours. What do they call that uh, disability where you just want to kiss a building all the time? Uh, old kisser's house. Disability? Well, not not disability, but it's actually more of a kiss <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like I, so I, I saw some people in the Beyond Facebook group having uh, like a good discussion about this, and I think that like where it gets a little murky is that when you're comparing it to other things, like if you compare it, like to say, um, I don't know, The Witcher or like Bloodborne or something like that. Like if you bought if you bought something in a Steam sale that mm-hmm. you know that you spent a hundred hours playing. Games are one of the only media in the world where there is still this perception that value equals duration of time spent with it. No one says, this book is really long, it must be better. Mm-hmm. Or no one goes, we got to go see this four-hour movie, It's you get a real bang for your buck. Like when you say four-hour movie to me, I'm like, I got to pee, <laughs> you know? Um like Guns N' Roses 17-minute version of November Rain is not more expensive or should not be. Yeah, but that's a hell of a guitar solo. Yeah, that's, so. a, real, that's a real hell of a song also, right there. Like, if it, it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm not trying to be crappy, but like if, if you don't like the price, don't buy it. Like, yeah, well, yeah, like, of course. Honestly, like you're, you're entitled to that too, of it course. Just, it drives me crazy that people are like, oh, great, now I have to spend $40. So, yeah. Like, no, you don't. So it's we've gotten fine. these – PlayStation 4 has seen a bunch of these like legitimate – media expansions like the old hunters blood and wine yep. things like that so but those are often considered dlc so yeah when you put your flagship series out with an expansion like this this one like the the lost legacy i totally forgot the name just then but is this the kind of thing that will start to change that conversation like do you think that this is the the kind of downloadable content that will start to shift people's preconceptions I mean, of what so. dlc so. could possibly be i think, so. I, mean, I think be? so I mean also if this thing comes out it's incredible and pops up in game of the year discussions then i think it's something different also because this isn't an expansion this is standalone like yeah, this is yeah. well we had could a, ostensibly call this uncharted 5 yeah we had a hard time with that last year like when we were talking about rpg of the year like with blood and wine for the witcher yeah. 3 it was well is this just more of the witcher 3 or is this right. a standalone piece of mm-hmm. content that yeah. is justifiably like another game so it's, I, it's so it's been like really fascinating watching this evolve over the last yeah you know, five years. Cause yeah, like horse armor was the first thing people think of. And there's all I these, still like, think that's funny. Yeah, yeah no, totally. that's, and it's hilarious. And there's all these free to play games and all these things that have happened. But it's like, then you looked at like uh saints or three was going to have DLC that became its own game. Sure. And that became saints or four. And yeah. like you, we've been seeing this happen for a while that as things, it's almost like there's this like invisible line where something's on the bubble between being a real game or DLC. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just slowly not becoming a thing. Well, I, I think, think at this point you're totally right. This feels like a game. Yes, but what's making that conversation sort of a little murkier again is stuff like Far Cry Primal, right? Which like yeah. kind of almost felt like it started out as DLC, almost like it started as like Far Cry 4's Blood Dragon. Right. Um, and then it turned out to be his own thing and you're like, this is really cool. And then people pulled up the map and they're like, oh, you use the same map over yeah uh, and then they got a little skeptical about it right and sometimes you see like um walk cycles and animations and attacks get reused over and over and over uh, and you're like well what am i buying exactly here like did i buy this sort of like frankenstein hybrid of like what should have been dlc and what could have been a sequel because they're not calling this uncharted 5 and i i have full faith in naughty dog that they're doing brand new stuff for this game yeah but if people start digging into the source code a little bit and they're like oh there's this is a bunch of like reskinned uncharted 4 stuff mm-hmm. Like, well, on the flip side, I don't really care if they, like, 
put the same fern in two games. You know? <laughs> yeah, and it's like obviously going to be. I, I think that's the word divide too. It, like, because it's obviously going to be the Uncharted Four engine and everything. Like, yeah. I think if you look back to uh, like Bioshock Infinite had those little spinoffs that they did, the, and those were very much DLC. Yeah, yeah very DLC. And the second one let you play as Elizabeth. Yeah, right. And I remember at the time, it was like. Well, they can't like it can't suddenly be a third person game. It can't suddenly recreate all these different things because ultimately it kind of has to be a reskin version of Infinite because it's still in that engine, still the same game. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of giving it a new coat of paint where you're Elizabeth and the systems change a little bit. And they did a lot of smart I mean, stuff. Elizabeth within played that. differently. She yeah, had very exactly. different like, abilities. She they, wasn't as armored up as, uh, as totally. Okay, they did okay. a great job yeah. making it feel different, 100. percent But ultimately, it was still very clearly the same engine and, and maybe even some of the same assets. I think this like having a longer dev time and, and being a little meatier, I hope we're getting further and further away from that. Yeah. But like, I, I think Far Cry Primal is a perfect example of where like, that sounds like it probably should have been like a downloadable standalone thing. If it was really reusing that many was, assets. Blood Dragon was standalone, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You didn't need yeah. Far Cry three. Right. No. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other final note is that if you pre-order this, uh, you get Jack one on PS4. They said the day, on the 22nd so that hasn't been announced what date those are those four games are coming out but mm. i assume if one's coming out on the 22nd all of them are coming out on august yeah. 22nd yeah those would be weird to space out yeah um yeah. so that's just a cool little note and then obviously yeah we'll probably have more on uh, uncharted the lost legacy uh in about a month and a half or so uh at e3 it'll yeah, be one of we'll sony's big games probably be playing it very soon that's in a month and a half yeah i don't want to talk about it but two months yeah yeah no yeah, yeah. Eight weeks no. yeah yeah, yeah. Weeks. that's coming up soon oh boy Let me tell you for just a moment about Gamefly. It is the leading video game rental service. They have over 9,000 titles to choose from, probably more by now. It lets you try your favorite games and movies before you buy. You can keep the games as long as you want, and you never have to worry about late fees. I mean, with movies, it's kind of just renting, but with games, if it's like a $60 investment for a massive, massive time sink, might make sense to try it on. Plus, you can cancel any time. They also now have movie rentals, too. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time, and you can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com beyond. Now go sign up and start playing some new games you never played or revisiting some old favorites absolutely free for 30 days. Beyond! All right, and then moving on uh, to a game that is coming out before E3, uh, Prey is coming out on May 5th. Uh, we got news today that a week beforehand, right at the end of uh, April, we're going to be getting a free demo of the f- opening hour, which I think is awesome because we don't really That's really cool. Yeah, we don't get that anymore. a lot. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is a smart way for them to sell the game because I feel like this game is so close. When So I, I yesterday I got to play uh, about 90 minutes or so of it. Um, and when I told people, they're like, oh, cool, is that coming out in like September? And I'm like, no, it's coming out in like 30 days. I That's forgetting. And everyone's like, yeah. uh, what? And so yeah. I feel like releasing that hour long demo is is really smart of them to let people for free realize why this game's so cool. I'm so bummed that we've gotten away from that. Like there are a lot of things I'm so happy we left in the 360 mm-hmm. PS3 era, but for a while demos were really common. Yeah. Like okay. I remember that's actually how I found out about BioShock's first time. Yeah. Was well, in that weirdly we get demos now, but they're like six months later. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Watch Mafia is getting Mafia one. Mafia three yeah. just got Dishonored one. Dishonored just like, got one. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah you you talk about Bioshock and it's funny because the Demo is going to be the opening of the game, which reminded me so much of that first time I played Bioshock in terms of it throws you in media res in this really interesting world that feels like a mix of it's like a little bit of Blade Runner, a little bit of Portal, but then also very quickly, you know, everything hits the fan and it becomes this sort of Ghostbustery survival horror game, which I'm so cool. really loving. Awesome. I don't want to like go into the spoilers of because the story is actually genuinely interesting, and I really want to like, like from the jump, I mean, ju- right from yeah. the get go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we got to play the opening, which I think the opening 11 minutes are on the site, and then uh, I don't want to go into spoilers in case you don't want to know. But um, I got to jump a little bit later onto the game uh, in this. Uh, it was called the Psionics area, and it was just this one single sort of 
node of the station, which had a bunch of different rooms and a bunch of different paths, uh, but they gave me a ton of the abilities to play with. And this game honestly felt like a little mix of Bioshock 2's combat, which I thought was really smart in terms of what the you know what the plasmids did in that game, the environmental cues of like if you use this on water, this will happen. Uh, just the different guns, the different enemy AI behavior, and then uh, Dishonored 2 a little bit in terms of approaching a scenario yeah, in that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, approaching a scenario in a bunch of different ways. Um, and it felt really cool because the enemies are scary. Like we've seen the mimics, which are the little things that sort of look like the face huggers from Alien, but they can turn into any object in the environment. Right. So like you can get close to like a cup. Could be one. The, I mean, you one. get close. Like you get close to a cup, and it goes like this. <laughs> and you're like, why would that cup do that? That's not what cups do. And then you hit it with a wrench, and it jumps at your face. It was really good. Uh, but then there's these yeah. things that are Sounds sort of too spooky. Like, well, these those aren't the spooky ones. The spooky ones are like the predators. That it's like the it's like a little shimmering shadow, like the actual predator. But have a, a shimmering shadow. Uh-huh. It's like that. What are you doing with your hand? It's a shimmering shadow. For those uh, listening at home, Marty is... Just imagine that Marty's doing upside-down jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a one-hand clap. Yep. No, that's my come hither. No, please you, don't say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <for Fred. laughs> but no, funny them. I brought up Ghostbusters earlier because it reminded me, like, I saw this thing, I got scared, and I ran around the hallway, and then I was like, well, okay, what do I have in my arsenal? And so I had this one gun that co- sort of shoots out cock that would keep it in place for a little bit. And then I have these grenades that I could throw that would uh, take away its weird sort of teleportation powers. And then while it was frozen in place, I could go and hit it with a wrench and then pull out my shotgun. And if, you know, I did it well enough, it would shatter. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you said it shoots out cock. <laughs> oh, I was just laughing because oh, you it- sound insane. <laughs> and we're, we're all five. Wait, it shoots out cock? Cock. Cock. No, he hit the L really hard, dude. Yeah. Like, what? You hit the L. So, it was funny because when stop you said- saying it. It's clock. Stop saying clock. Am I not pronouncing it right? Yes. You've just got to stop saying that word. You see, it's funny because that's also a slang term for male genitalia. There we go. Thank you very much. People call it cock? Well, not that particular word. What is wrong with you? I also said it it shoots out cocks. So do you think it's firing off penises? (laughs) When your brain works as dumb as mine does, it doesn't matter if if the bridge is that small. Also, Altano and I have this special thing where, like, you can say something that is totally in bounds, and out of the corner of my eye, I see him looking right at me with a smirk on his face. Like Gannon's Night Cream? Yeah. Yep. Link together, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Um, um, but yeah, it was also, so the combat scenario was really cool. Exploring and scanning the environment uh, reminded me a little bit of like almost in Horizon and Zelda. This is the year the of the Metroid scan. Prime kind of thing? Yeah, so I was saying how like I feel like this is the year of the scan. A lot of games are doing the scan thing, but you have this like eye you bring up and then you can scan the different aliens. And the more you scan them, uh, you start to unlock the ability to get alien powers. But then as you That's upgrade awesome. your skill tree, if you start to become sort of too alien, the uh, AI on the ship will see you as a threat. Whoa, and cool. And so turrets Whoa. will start firing at you. And so it's this like really interesting balance of it's sort of like a morality thing, but it's not it's not black and white. It is right. like how human do you want to stay or how much do you want to lean heavily Such to the alien? A good thing. Idea. Yeah, it's it really is super smart. cool. And then there's actual just legit morality uh, things that come up. Like I, I entered this room that had a, there was a prisoner and it was played by Walton Goggins. Weirdly enough, I didn't even realize he was in the game. I was just really? like listening. I'm like, that's totally Walton Goggins. And he's like, hey, can you if you let me out of here, I'll give you the code of the armory. And there's a ton of weapons in there. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then I click the computer and it says, you can let him out or you can look at his file. And I looked at his file. I'm like, oh, why is he in this prison? And it was like human trafficking. And I'm like, well, you're an awful dude. And I like confront him about it. He's like, no, 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 man, that was a lie. And then you could choose to either let him out or just put a bunch of mimics in the room. And so you could just Whoa. you could just murder him. But so I let him out. He gave me the, the code, and then I beat him to death with a wrench. What? And then like the sort of the AI on the ship started talking to me about like 
like morality and that how like the aliens somebody kill. ought to <laughs> like the, it was like the aliens kill because they don't know any better like you have a choice and you made this choice oh like, my how do you God. feel about it and i was like that's, i feel pretty good it's pretty awesome but if you, you like i've seen justified yeah <laughs> this is yeah, justified yeah. i know what boyd crowd is gonna do to me um but yeah uh it was also cool that if you let him out that he in turn will sort of exist throughout the game and like sort of go back to the main hub and he becomes a character that actually impacts the ending so he keeps just, on he keeps on trafficking he keeps on trafficking yeah uh so the game was really cool i was totally sold i, I knew very little about it aside from sort of the e3 trailers do you think sure. they're sending it off to die i hope yeah. not i think they're doing i think they're doing everything they're in their trying power. to do the opposite yes yeah i, I think I mean, by, by getting it ahead of e3 by getting sure. it ahead and of this death. demo by thing, giving I it, yeah i think yeah. it's super smart for them to do a demo did we learn about this game at e3 2015 or 2016 do you remember when that reveal was um, it was last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think it's really and then interesting they started that at QuakeCon after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think it's really interesting that this is one of those games that like has a very short turnaround. That's less than a year from announcement to uh, yep. uh, being in stores available. Yeah. And they had so much success with Doom last year in that yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think it's funny that we on this show we've talked about how that's the sort of release that we want to see. Like yeah. we we don't want to hear about it until it's almost ready. Mm-hmm. Then show it yep. to us and then give it to us six to nine months down the line. Yes. Uh, but nobody's talking about nobody's talking about prey in that way. Like yeah. Nobody's saying, talking about how quick that turnaround was. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because all the announcements about this game have sort of flown under the radar and given what it's doing, I hope that it's a tremendous success mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it totally does feel like Bioshock two in terms of like, the more awesome. I think about it, the more of like, can you set traps? There's uh, you can totally set traps. There are, Ooh. there, there is sort of a voice in your ear that is constantly propelling you forward that you're like, is, can I trust this person? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally get the, I'm one of the weird people that really like Bioshock two. Yeah. I, know. I love the combat yeah. in Bioshock two. Yeah. I yeah. thought, I thought the way that you could set, set up traps because you knew that enemies would be flooding mm-hmm. into that room was super interesting. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fully aware that it's a sort of rehash of slash shell of the the former game and that the third one took a lot more I think, new creative liberties. I think, but I think it did a lot of cool stuff. Mechanically, it's way superior to Marshall. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. The story. It's just the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I like those good, yeah. lady daddies. Um, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to take one second to be like, how smart is Bethesda? Like, yeah. what a good... Yeah. Like, not that they were ever, like, doing badly, but it's just, like, their last couple of years, like, they really seem to get it. Yeah. And, like, I... I questioned a lot of what they were doing for a while, but man, like the stretch they'll have, like mm-hmm. assuming Prey is as good as it seems to be, like the stretch they'll have of like Doom, of Fall 4 obviously doing well, and then Doom and Wolf this and Dishonored. Dishonored 2, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like they're Evil just within, having like, such yeah. a good few years. Well, yeah. I feel like they're a company especially that puts their muscle behind the things that they really believe in. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, like Dishonored 2, Dishonored wasn't, like, it was a critical darling, but I'm not sure that it was a huge commercial success. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, But then they they put out Dishonored 2 last year, and that was my favorite game of all last year. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> game was amazing, and they did it based, as far as I can tell, solely on the precedence that Dishonored 1 was amazing, and yep. this team creates great stuff, so let them have a second shot at a franchise that could be something bigger. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they have their own press conference at E3, which, like, a couple years ago, everyone had their own press conference, right? Like, if you look at, like, Konami's disastrous press conference when they were doing their own thing. Um, so I think they've done a good job of sort of, like, stacking what that run of show looks like every year. Every year, I'm kind of like, how do you fill an hour with Bethesda stuff? And then they're like, oh, Fallout for iPhone. Well, and like, they'll thing. do Fallout VR this time around. Like, that's the thing is like regardless of the praise and the dishonors that they're showing, they'll always have something Fallout related, mm-hmm. something yeah. Elder Scrolls related to bank on to be a huge success. That mm-hmm. I wonder, like, yeah, I'm I'm super fascinated by them as a company because they they operate in this really smart independent sphere where they they're kind of just doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like they're not they're not 
playing by the rules and mm-hmm. like like Fallout being announced so shortly before it released and just some of the stuff they're doing. I'm I'm just genuinely impressed by what they yeah, also they're carrying that flag of like this single player campaign the single player first person campaign which very few shooters are doing now or yeah. very few first person games are doing yeah now, yeah uh, which i think is super cool uh one uh, one more question uh on prey did you play the original yeah yeah i played you through see, all the original there's no do you see any dna no, from the original no, in this game this is no. a complete reboot this is completely different the the fact that it's named prey is weird to me not necessarily not, like an easter egg not even narratively but like mechanically nothing no, no 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 the first one was so it was crazy. an early i played it early 360 it was a very bare bones shooter yeah. some with an interesting story and it had the, yeah. the weird sort of spirit realm that you would uh-huh. go to it was, and that was sort of thing, problematic like, yeah i never i actually don't really like the first prey that much but then the demo of Prey 2 we saw at E3 2011 yeah. Yeah. was great, yeah. and then that died, obviously, yeah. and became this, yeah. which seems great in a totally yeah. different way. I'm, su- I'm super glad with what we have now. Like, I'm a little bummed that the vagina doors are gone. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's, you're not going to be crawling through any of those. Keep museum somewhere. Yeah. You can't, you can't have vagina doors and a gun that shoots call. She's <laughs> just asking for trouble. So. Moving on to something that doesn't have either of those things. Uh, we, know, we don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we know that uh, Battlefront 2 is going to get its full reveal uh, this weekend at Star Wars Celebration alongside, obviously, the last Jedi trailer. Yep. Uh, also, just you know, stay tuned to IGN all weekend for uh, amazing on-the-ground uh, celebration coverage. Max yeah, and Alana and we have a bunch a, of folks. Yeah, I was going to say, we have a gaggle of people going yep. to yeah, that. Yep. What is and Last Jedi's Friday, Battlefront Center? So there's, there's, Thursday, there's a 40th anniversary Star Wars panel, which is mm-hmm. kind of the wild card. could be whatever. Friday's Last Jedi and then Saturday's Battlefront. Yeah. So uh, all weekend is uh, everything Star Wars, but uh, obviously, because this happens with every video game, uh, a short 30 second uh, Sony centric trailer for Battlefront 2 leaked. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I guess, I mean, Brian, obviously, you're the, the biggest Star Wars fan. Oh, whole, yeah, of course. Think? So um, Battlefront is a game uh, I really, really adored, obviously. Zach, you played it a lot too. Yeah. You guys both played it a little bit <laughs> here and there, right? Yep. Um, I think that like mechanically it was incredibly sound. Uh, graphics wise, it was the most beautiful Star Wars game ever made by by a landslide. Um, and what people were sort of perturbed about was that there was no single player campaign, and that the package felt a little bare bones at launch. Yeah. Um, it grew right when you look back on Battlefront now. Someone who bought Battlefront today for the first time would be like, "I don't know what everybody was complaining about." Because within a month or so of release, we got like that Jakku DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up getting uh, we all, got Rogue One stuff. We got Rogue One stuff. So Battlefront ended up spanning the original trilogy, and then all the way to Jakku, which took place bef- um, after you know before Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and then Rogue One, which took place before a New Hope. A new mm-hmm. Hope, yeah. So it kind of banked around like four and a half movies worth of stuff. Yeah. Which added is a really bunch cool. of heroes. Yep, know. they added a bunch of heroes. They PSVR added um, stuff. PSVR stuff. There was uh, sort of Chewbacca mm-hmm. and Jabba's Palace. Jabba's Palace. Mm-hmm. Like some yeah. of my favorite environments in the original trilogy were there. But a lot of people who grew up with the original, the old school Battlefronts, um, felt that it was sorely lacking in a lot of departments. Eventually, they added stuff like bots. They added stuff like prequel DLC or, you know, I mean, so prequel stuff was in the original. But uh, it was nowhere to be found in this game. That said, uh, we got a 30-second teaser for Battlefront 2. It looks like it's got a single-player campaign. Yeah. It looks like it stars a female TIE fighter pilot yeah. who, who's on Endor um, and yeah. watches Endor. the Death Star watches explode, the, which is so such a cool, cool. shot. Yeah. 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 yeah, like, oh, the beginning of that trailer is so good. Yeah. Which is really, really awesome because it's like, I love Return of the Jedi. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. That movie ends with a party, which you presume, and you know, a bunch of like Ewoks clean up a mess <laughs> on Monday morning, and then they're like, well, thanks. <laughs> And then we don't hear anything yeah. until Force Awakens, right? And there's some books that fill in the, uh, you know, like aftermath. That I'm, yeah. I'm not really crazy about. But in terms of like visually actually seeing 
what happened afterwards. Yeah. Like the post-Return of the Jedi, like the Empire blew up. Yeah. Like things exploded everywhere. There was a war on a, on a planet with teddy bears. Yeah. Like what happened yeah. after that? Well, also, this game looks like an it's interesting take. That. It's such an interesting take because we don't often get to play as the Empire. Yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah. It's also ever. interesting yeah. that it's like... <laughs> Not very often. Like, really. imagine if, like, you go on a work trip and all of a sudden you, like, are looking over and California just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, what happens yeah. now? No, well, yeah, Now totally. what do I do with my life? Totally, so... Um, <laughs> oh, no, all my stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we know... <laughs> We know this is going to have a single player thing in it. Um, they they have emphasized the word story pretty heavily mm-hmm. in the, in the trailer, mm-hmm. um, and then the multiplayer aspect that spans all movies now. It seems yeah. like it's going to span. So we saw Ray, we saw Darth Darth Maul. So it goes all the way Darth <laughs> Darth Maul Darth Darth Maul, Darth Maul here. Uh, uh, yeah, Yoda's in there. Yoda's yeah. in it, which is really awesome. So I imagine that's going to be the prequel era Yoda who's doing cartwheels and not, and not the <laughs> die in a bed Yoda that we remember from there. Who's just goes? That'd be really funny. And then he just melts into bed. That'd be really funny if you just called him into battle and he just lays there and then disappears. That little toad man that steals Luke Skywalker's Laura bar. Or whatever. Um, yeah, so this is really awesome. If you're a Star Wars fan, it sounds like it's going to have everything you want in it. Um, we also saw a glimpse of a Tauntaun running full speed through battle, which and means like there might running be... Running into something? Yeah, which yeah. means there might be like rideable mounts now. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I, I, I could totally of that. Yeah. hopping on a Dubak or a yeah. Bantha. Yeah. yeah. So the way Battlefield handled vehicles versus the way Battlefront handled vehicles um, kind of... It's like a power yeah. 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 So Battlefront, I what like the idea of getting in a TIE fighter in the middle of these massive battles. And let's be honest, like the... the that battles in Battlefront, like the Walker Assault missions, mm-hmm. were incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like the scope Amazing. of those things, seeing Walker Assault on Endor for the first time practically made me tear up. Like I put surround sound on, I, I like put it on my TV, and I was just like, this is gorgeous. Like I've never seen anything like this. And then your team didn't help you. and <laughs> Yeah, and then it was like, yeah, it was just kind of got kind of lost. But then I got like, I got into uh, a chicken walker for the first time and it got shot down pretty quick. Or I got into like a U-wing or, you know, uh, like, and it blew up within a few seconds. Or even in like the, um, what, fighter squadron mode, whatever yeah. it's called, like when you would be like, oh, I finally got the slave one and you have for like 10 seconds. And you're well, that was the other thing. Like it would be this race to get this power up where someone would either get slave one or the millennium falcon and they'd pretty much dominate in it and if you didn't get it in the first 10 seconds you weren't riding that ship you were just flying an x-wing around so everything felt a little more slower paced than it needs to um and i think they're really going to fix that this time around so that's my hope yeah is that vehicles feel a lot more like jump in jump out yeah um they don't feel like a perk that disappears i would just love if they were actual persistent vehicles rather than the power up because that was the problem was like going running for that disc or whatever just always felt like it was never quite right also in terms of locations like make fun of the prequels for being bad movies which they are like the locations and the things are cool in a game sense like naboo is a cool different planet uh kashik is a cool different planet geonosis Geonosis. like if you if there's like urban warfare on coruscant like that could all be really cool yeah i mean the idea of like doing this like battle on the sort of decks of camino where like this Thunderstorm storm. going yeah, down yeah. and having that run through the engine that ran Battlefront but looking even better. Yeah. Or Frost like it would be cool engine. to have a mode in the Senate chamber where you just sit down and talk about diplomacy for two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look at Yoda and he's just dying. And <laughs> Do you think you'll be able to fight on that hill that Anakin rolls around on with those fat elephants? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I well, thought, what about that pair he floats across the table? I he's like, trailer, I like this pair. This trailer looks really cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited for seeing more on Saturday. Yeah. I, I want to, yeah. like, the story is such a big question mark for me, and mm-hmm. I want to, I'm, I'm like, so, like I, I don't want to jump into it being, like, too excited, but, like, I feel like if they could make a more robust version of the multiplayer in 
that first Battlefront plus have a like story I care about. That's yeah. Yeah. amazing. I would so, love for them to tell just like a tight like six-hour story that's like a, an amazing Star Wars story because it's been so long since yeah. we've had a Star Wars we game. We haven't had a proper like, single Star Wars game yeah. since the EA deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. And they're working a bunch. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Amy yeah. and Egg. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, so like my thing is I – I I love the idea of a of a longer story campaign. I'd be totally okay with something that's three hours as well, um, three or four I hours. I mean, yeah, give me like a mid like a mid length game, like a six yeah. hour game that tells a really compelling story, and then add that to the already super engrossing battlefield or <laughs> battlefront experience yep. from the first game. Yep. Like that's. That's a no brainer. I'm, I'm totally with you. And so one of the things I did with the original Battlefront, because it felt like playing with action figures, yeah. was that like playing Walker Assault on Endor or like running into the Death Star, um, it didn't have a single player campaign. It didn't have a story to it, but it had the story of Star Wars, yeah. the movies I've seen a thousand times. Yeah. So like I was like, I'm the Empire and I have to stop the rebels. Like I've seen that movie. You know, like I love it. And yeah, you I love know, playing you, it. You knew what led up to this. You knew the consequences yeah. if you failed. Which like, I don't have when I play Call of Duty because I'm right. like, I don't know who these people are. I don't care who that man is over there. Well, he's an American soldier. He's fighting the Nazis. Yeah. You don't know who they. You don't know who they were. <laughs> you know more about Star Wars <laughs> than World War Two. I mean, yeah, probably, yeah. probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've read more Star Wars books than I have history books. I'm an idiot. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Look at the chair I'm sitting in. But Look you have read a lot of Star Wars history books. Yeah, you've read a lot of. I have. Two quick things. Number one, we should say, in the interest of full disclosure, Mitch Dyer is working at EA Motive, who I guess mm-hmm. is in some capacity impacting this game. Like that, obviously, has nothing to do with what we're talking about right. specifically here. But I just we should say that because we've no, been right. with him for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then separately, we played. I mean, it's out now, but uh, back at the Gamescom, we played that VR Battlefront mission. Yeah, and I never, I never went back and did that because I don't have a PSVR at home. I've never played the full thing. But do you think they'll lean into that more? Do you think we could see more VR stuff? Because like that, that is probably my favorite VR thing I've done to date. So my question about Battlefront 2 um, is really how much of it will be there at launch and how much they'll stretch over the course of the season pass. Like by the end of, of Battlefront's lifespan, um, when we got that VR mission, which was free to yeah. anyone yeah. who owned the game, which is kind of amazing because there were like Black Friday deals for that game for like 12 bucks yeah. and you could just get that – you could get a VR X-Wing mission for free. Um, I think that we'll see something like that. Um, that was Criterion worked on that? Yeah. So I have a feeling that they're working on stuff for this game I too. I want it to be a pod racing thing. That would be, That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Like that's That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Be possible, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I would love that. I think that the install numbers for PSVR are good. I don't really know how well this sold or how many numbers of copies of PSVR Battlefront were downloaded, but because it's a free thing. But yeah, yeah I hope we see something like that because it's oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously we're going to have a lot more next week. Uh, Max will be back and who will be able to give us uh, boots on the ground. Yep. Uh, Impressions of it. Uh, is he, is he, does he get to see it firsthand? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. him and Alana are so good. That's awesome. Troubles. That's so cool. Um, speaking of VR, uh, Brian, you want to talk about a, a VR game for what VR playing? Oh, yeah. So I wanted to bring this segment back because uh, admittedly, um, PSVR... <laughs> just so in your wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. Admittedly, PSVR has been kind of quiet for a few months, and I know it's my job to sort of dig in and find the weirder stuff on the store and let you know whether... Ooh, boy. Uh, great news. Uh, and I found some weird stuff. So let's talk about it. I played a game on PSVR called uh, Very VR. V-I-R-R-Y-V-R. Yeah, v- V-I-R-R-Y-V-R. So, Verda, which you can't say without sounding like you're having a stroke. Verger. Um, It's $10, and it's an animal safari simulator where I believe they set up, like, 4K 360 uh, cameras in, like, the African savanna or something. I, like, I, you believe it or, like, you, you know it? 
What, like, what, are you using the term are, I so, believe is in? I'm pretty sure they did this. Like, I, don't know the, I, I like to imagine. Wait, no, I mean, are these real animals? Or oh, these are, are they, real animals. Okay, yeah. so yes. it's not like renders of animals. Yes. Gotcha. So this is like, in, this is not really a game in the loosest definition. Yeah, it's but, very uh, VR. It's uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but it is a great excuse to sit around yep. and look at some animals. And look at the animals. Yeah. So the way it's set up is like you have like three or four. Or I, you have three or four different. We have to listen to your your dumb cat magician video camera group. <laughs> about those kids. It's in high school. I don't just give me a second. Uh, <laughs> you weren't even on that. Is this episode. your Persona 5? Did you did you platinum this in two languages and put 220 <laughs> hours into this because you went into a short coma over the weekend with your headset on? Yes. All right. So I'm going to do this real quick because there's not a lot to talk about here. Um, Very VR is a $10 experience for PSVR that lets you pu- uh, choose like four different areas that have like four different animal scenarios in each one. All of them involve somehow like the animal being tricked into walking closer to the camera. So there's like this British woman. And she's like. Oh, you clicked on the elephant. If you'd like to get the elephant to come close, shake your PlayStation controller to drop some branches. And then you shake it, and then a, like there's a, a video just jump cuts, and there's like a branch on the floor. You're like, what? And then an elephant comes over, and she's like, he really likes to eat those branches, doesn't he? And then he like reaches down with his his, his arm, face arm thing. <laughs> And he picks up picks up the branches and he starts eating it. And this happens with all these different animals. Like there's a there's monkeys and they they like they fight. There's a husband and wife monkey couple that fight over a, a piece of melon. It's just weird. And then she's like, "Oh, do you know how many monkeys fight over melon every day?" And you're like, "I have no idea." And she's like, "Press up if you think it's thousands." I'm like, "Probably." And she's like, "That's wrong. It's actually every every monkey." And I'm like, "Thanks." Like they ask you trivia. It's very odd. So. There's a, there's a, you gotta go over the, what, what happened to this? Elephant? Okay, so there's a rhino that rolls around in mud, which is very gross, and he's just like, oh, and his nose, his, his, his horn thing, like clips into the camera. And Turn you're on. in VR. So, yep. so I don't know if you were watching a trailer or yep. if you were just playing it without the headset on on your TV. Yes. But I became aware of this game because Brian, <laughs> Brian and Max were watching this rhino tromp across the screen. Yep. And I heard Brian say to Max, hey, maybe he'll roll around in that mud. And he tips over and gets in the mud. And Brian and Max, in the middle of the office, triumphantly <laughs> raise both arms. And they're like, yeah, he went in the mud. He went in that mud. That's a little bit about what it's like working with those guys. <laughs> All right, so the elephant comes out, and I'm a big fan of elephants because they're like, you know, it's a funny animal right there. It's a very, it's like a tall car. Uh, so he comes out, he eats that branch off the ground, and as the British woman is giving me elephant facts, the elephant pees and poops at the same time, and I've never seen that before. Like, and it's just like this flood, and then there's turds dropping. So he's eating and he's pooping and peeing all at the same time, and I'm sitting there like in my living room with a PSVR helmet on, being like. Is this the future we thought <laughs> that we were promised when Shuhei Yoshida was like, here's PSVR? Uh, answer, yes. Um, so this thing's not great. <laughs> uh, I, I, there it is. I bought it. I saved you $10. But if you want to see an elephant poo and peep and peep and peep <laughs> at the same time in VR, check out Very VR. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to try out some Starblood Arena, which just launched very quietly. I played it mm-hmm. in PSX. It's, it's actually a legit cool uh, PSVR game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Unearthing Mars, which is sort of like a Mars simulation puzzle game. Cool. So I'll be back next week with more What VR Playing. And but that's now, been Brian's brain damage. There we go. <laughs> but for now, VR watching an elephant poop and peep. Poop and peep. There we go. Uh, all right. We have about 10 Yikes. minutes left. Uh, you want to do rapid fire? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. 
Uh, rapid fire is a thing we do in the podcast beyond Facebook group, which you can join every week or you can join once and then never have to join again, unless you get banned for being a dick. Don't do that. Uh, it's facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. And you can jump in there and, uh, ask us questions and we will answer them just like Louis Solarolio. Did I say that right? Solario. Solarolio. I added an extra rollo to the middle of his name. Solario asks, if you could have any character as a roommate, who would it be? I think he means like PlayStation characters. Who would you guys want to live with? It couldn't be a dog because I'd have an asthma attack. It has to be a human. So no parappa? Yeah, no parappa, no... Uh, would you want a wrapping dog to stumble in late at night anyway? <laughs> I mean, Yo, ho, ho! Stop the car! I have weirder roommates. Uh, I know Clank. He's very he's very polite. And he's a robot. I like oh, that. Yeah. I feel like he could just That's like turn off one. in the corner. You could put bread in his mouth and make toast. <laughs> Yeah, I guess could. My pick was Nathan Drake because he's never there. <laughs> Pretty wow. much have the yeah. place to yourself. Like yeah. he shows up like once a year with like treasure. Yeah, and then he gives you money. I guess I'd like leave. slowly to be my landlord. I feel like he has a ton yeah, of like, good a really stories. good landlord. Yeah, yeah. good connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goldie, who would you want to live with? Which of these uh, which of these magician cats do you want to live with? I'd probably like that uh, elephant from Very VR. <laughs> <laughs> really, you want to live with that pooping and peeping? <laughs> Uh, He's my favorite new PlayStation character. <laughs> Poopers, Peepers, the elephant. I feel like it would be awful to live with Kratos. So definitely not him. Yeah, totally. He's a or, savage man. Or I mean, or the Bloodborne guy. Yeah. Oh, Bradburn. Yeah, yeah. Bradburn. Bradburn. Yeah. I don't want to live with Bradburn. Uh, I like Vivi from Final Fantasy IX. He was very nice. I mean, he murdered his clan. I think. Uh, that was an accident, sure though. That's true. I think yeah. he did. No, he did too much. Oh, it'd magic. be cool. It'd be cool to uh, live with Nack. Actually, the Bloodborne guy would be great because you could lock your door and just mumble inside. He's not allowed to go in any of the houses. <laughs> uh, I think that if I could live with any video game character, maybe Trico would be nice to just keep in my backyard and just go out there and visit with him yeah. and then also ride him to yeah. work. Yeah. Really? Be fun. Yeah. yeah. But okay. then you'd be like, go, take me to Soma. And then you'd be in North Beach. You're like, damn yeah. it, Trico. It already takes me like 45 minutes to get to work anyway. So it would it's be fine. very late every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jono Knight asks, what do you think it is about the most successful PlayStation exclusives that seem to put them on a tier above everything in competition with them? Wow. Yeah. That's a question. Uh, I mean, I think it's just the talent of the studios. Yeah. I think you look at the talent of of someone like Naughty Dog or FromSoft or, you know, now Gorilla, obviously, with Horizon. Sure. And I think that's where it comes from. I think it's, yeah. yeah, I think there's there's sort of like um, quality standard that you see with a lot of first party Nintendo stuff, which you see with like that the sort of Disney polish, right? Where like they're not gonna just like poop out a crappy movie or try not to, but you look at like Uncharted Four and if you're gonna make a first per, uh, like a first party if you're making Horizon and it's coming out after Uncharted Four, mm-hmm. like the bar has been raised, right? Mm-hmm. The rising tide raises all ship. And I I think that like there's a quality standard there. And they're looking at it and they're going, like, we gotta make a really good game. Yeah, and there is a reason why uh exclusives across all three platforms, uh, a lot of them tend to be of just super got, high stop will you stop doing that? Of super high quality. Uh, and it's because of a close partnership with the platform holders that helps mm-hmm. You know, get the most out of those systems. Uh, yeah. well, you know, I, you, you see I, that I, with with Turn Ten and Playground with the yep. Forza series. You see that with uh, the Coalition with Gears of War Four. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's like the the quality divide between first and third party among all of them, not even just Sony, but with Nintendo mm-hmm. and and uh, Microsoft as well. Like, I think having that stable of talent that's yours, yeah, and you know that you can you can afford to give them time. I mean, like when you look at what, how Sony treats like Media Molecule. Like they have all the time in the world and like they're not going to be like when dreams eventually comes out, it's not going to be a massive commercial success. So right. like, or something like the last guardian, like there is 
time taken for these. And sometimes it works and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. But I think Sony just trusts their people. Yeah, yeah. I now, think... Were you going to say something? Yeah, I think it's also just like the legacy of those relationships. You yeah. know, like the way that Sony has been able to foster and maintain the relationships with companies like Atlas is the reason why we get to see a game like Persona 5 only on PlayStation mm-hmm. in 2017, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the the level of like character development they do too is really cool. I think their characters specifically are iconic and memorable and interesting. Um, you look at like Joel and Ellie and then you look at Alloy and you look at Nathan Drake and mm-hmm. you know even like Kratos like he's a brash miserable man but like they're redefining him right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. And, like I don't want to like compare them to what like Xbox is doing but uh you know like it, that compared to like say Master Chief Marcus Phoenix and the car yeah like it's <laughs> it's to me personally not as interesting mm-hmm. and I think like Nintendo people grew up with a lot of nostalgia for them um and they had a certain point in their lives where they realized they grew up with these characters who admittedly like Waluigi is in a very well developed. He's about like as developed as the car. Duck hunt dog. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not very interesting, but they're iconic and they've been around for a long time. Um, and people who grew up with PlayStation um, are suddenly now realizing like I've been playing PlayStation games for like 15, 20 Who's years. Who's the PlayStation well, equivalent I, of Waluigi or car? The guy from the order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Handlebar stash. My, I feel bad for picking on the order twice in this podcast. Uh, it's so funny because I, I don't I think especially when 360 was on top, I never really gave that much thought to how important legacy is. Yeah. And I think Microsoft just not having been around as Sony and Nintendo kind of does matter when you're looking at these 20, 30 year anniversaries. I think like you just nailed it. I, mm-hmm. I think some of these like, yeah, of course, there are some characters that are a miss within Sony's. Like, I don't think there are people who have like knack tattoos necessarily. Yeah. But I, I do think that like when you're talking about characters you've been with, like like something like Parappa coming back. You know, the game might not Crash be perfect. Crash coming back. Or, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, And it might not be perfect under modern standards, but like, it means something to, to see those characters yeah. I mean, again. There's a reason, you know, obviously there's been four Smash Brothers games, and then there was PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, which wasn't a great game, but it was able to pull in a bunch of iconic characters, and yeah. you don't see that from Microsoft, just because I don't think that, that depth of them have it. Them have it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they have Well, the thing is, like, I don't think they laid the groundwork for that early on, because I don't sure. think it's something... I mean, they had like Blinks, but then they dropped him like... Yeah, you know, same thing with Voodoo Vince, which yeah. I don't know, we're seeing Voodoo Vince come back. Yeah, and like... Yeah. Obviously, like, Master Chief is, like, the most iconic Microsoft character, and, like, he's been around since, you know, the original Xbox, but I just don't think, I think even that is just, like, so many, like, it, they, there's a whole generation that had grown up on video games before they jumped in there. Yeah, 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 I totally agree. I mean, and eventually, you know, in a few years, we'll see the 20-year anniversary of Halo, and we'll see the 20-year anniversary of Gears of War, and, like, those will come around. Like, it's really crazy to think, like, Microsoft is getting there, and they're building that legacy, but Mm -hmm. Sony got there earlier, Nintendo got there earlier earlier than that, Um, and it takes time. But, yeah, I love what they do. Yep. Um, You want to do one more question? Dustin Reber, uh, who sounds like Justin Bieber and probably gets that a lot, (laughs) says, do you think we'll see a price drop on PS4 before Xmas? Maybe be different bundles yeah totally yeah absolutely i think especially considering what the suggested retail of scorpio is going to be i think that in order for sony to stay competitive with them yeah. uh with a admittedly given what we learned this week lesser system yeah um they're gonna have to drop by 50 to 100 dollars yeah because yeah. it's great are, are for they... people like me who've held out yeah and, like i don't own a pro a, yeah. for i don't own a pro and i will absolutely buy one after a price drop. no totally totally i think and like i've been saying on the show for a couple of weeks i think that the horizon pro bundle is the way to go this oh week. yeah that's the smartest move for sure i'm, I'm more curious to see if we see kind of an ecosystem bundle from Sony, like if they are going to do something that like 
try and push PSVR again this fall with mm. something that bundles everything because I'm still expecting we thought that Scorpio. was going to happen last year. Yeah, well, we've been we saw, that, but we saw, so, we saw, I mean, we did, but I, I just I think like Scorpio really could come out at a crazy premium price point, and if it does, I think it's less about Sony dropping fifty dollars off versus saying, well, let's compete with them on what we do have, which is you know the bigger. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, they, if, they packaged PS4 Pros last year with a 4K TV in, mm-hmm. through some retailers, but it wasn't like a great. It was also it had yeah. just come out. It, it would have been awesome yeah. if like, they did that in GameStop and just like a huge box, <laughs> <But> <laughs> when, big giant. Box. When when you're doing a gigantic bundle like that two weeks after something is out, yeah. it's very different than 12 months after something's the, out. Yeah, the yeah. problem like, with bundling PSVR and the PS4 Pro and putting them together like they communicate well is that they do not. Like there's still sure. there's still that 4K pass through their HDR pass through problem, which is a, like admittedly I didn't do PS uh, like what VR playing for a couple months because I unplugged my PSVR to play Horizon with HDR, yeah, and then I plugged it back in to, to play to watch an animal, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's Perfect. like I'd love to see the sunset behind that animal pooping in HDR, but I can't because of the weird pass through thing. So I sure. think that like, but we said for a while, like we wanted a, a Vita and PS4 bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think those things communicated exceptionally well to really, to justify that. But I think we could get there one day. I think that'd be really yeah. cool yeah. to walk into like a Best Buy and just pick up a box that has everything in it. Yeah. yeah, Awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in this week. Uh, if you liked Brian's weird ramblings, uh, you can check uh, the <laughs> two of us out. Uh, Jose uh, invited us for the uh, sort of the post show of the Nintendo Direct uh, that is today about Splatoon and ARMS and uh, some other stuff. So yeah. you can check that out on the NBC channel. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm at Nick Biggity. Brian is at Agent Bizzle. Uh, Andrew's at Garfep. And Zach is at Zacharias D. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all so much. And uh, we'll be back next week with a lot more Star Wars stuff. Thanks. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.